2 Kings chapter 4, verse 9. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. And even, even all those things represent something, but we don't have time. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. And one day Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to the upper room to rest. And he said to his servant Gehazi, I tell the woman from Shunem I want to talk to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, now he's speaking through an interpreter because they didn't speak the same language. Tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you've shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or the commander of the army? And she replied, no. My family takes good care of me. And later, Elijah, excuse me, Elisha asked Gehazi, what, what can we do for this girl? What can we do for this family? And Gehazi replied, well, I've noticed she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. So he said, well, call her again. And Elisha told him when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Now, I just need to make a, a public service announcement real quick. Uh, I believe that God and his grace is so powerful that by this time next year, you could be in a totally different place in life. In Jesus' name, better, further along, stronger. I didn't say overnight, but I'm telling you what God can do in a year you could look at your life in a year and go, I don't, I, I kind of look the same, but I am not the same. God is changing me. I, I just want you to know we believe this stuff. Like, this is not a motivational talk. This is not a TED talk. This is not just your little weekly little bump, you know, to kind of get you through the week. We believe in the transforming work of the gospel of Jesus Christ by this time next year. And, and a lot of y'all clapped and a lot of you didn't. Because a lot of you are going, no, 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 preacher. No, my Lord. No, pastor. No, man of God. Don't deceive me. Don't you dare get my hopes up. Don't be one of those positive TV preachers. Don't just try to tell me that God's for me. This is, I'm a little nervous. I kind of feel like this is Joel Osteen right now. Like, don't. Don't get my hopes up. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. Sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said, and the child grew. And now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to the servant, this is such a dad move right here, carry him to his mother. <laughs> All the dad said, amen. All right, Amen. And this would have been about 12 years, at least 12 years after uh, the birth of the child. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She shut the door and she went out. Then she called to her husband and said, now notice that she never told her husband that he died. Told her husband, please send me one of the young men, one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come back. Verse 10, let's build a room for the man of God. I want to preach from the subject, the miracle room. The miracle room. The miracle room. Look at your neighbor and say, you need. Oh, wow, that was awful. 
<laughs> I'm going to try that one more time. Pick a new neighbor, because that neighbor is terrible. Pick a new neighbor. Say, you need a miracle room. Now look back at your first choice and tell them, you too, you too, you, <coughs> you too. You need a miracle room. Father, speak now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen and amen. Thank you. And can we thank the worship team? I thought, man, beautiful today. Amazing. Um, this woman in the story builds a place for miracles to happen. I want you to catch that. She builds a, a space for the miraculous. Many times we know we need a miracle, but we have not in any way designed our life to be conducive to receive a miracle. And so... Instead of building a miracle room, we want God to do a miracle thing in a one-hour service on a Sunday. And I'm not saying God can't do that. I really believe in the, in the power of gathering together. But this woman knew that if, if she was going to have an all-in year like we're trying to have around here, if, if she was going to go all-in for God, she was going to have to build a place and a space. Here's what the miracle room is. The miracle room is the place where you talk to God and God talks to you. The miracle room is the place where, where you can speak to God and God can speak to you, where you can encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is a lifestyle, but yes, it is even a place. You, you actually do need a place and a time of prayer. I've learned that if you don't have a time of prayer and a place of prayer, you will not pray. Now, that time and place might be in the car on the way to work. It might be in the shower. It might be kneeling by your bed. It, like for me, it's my home office where I have a chair and I have a room where I communicate with God and I hear from God and I talk to God. It might be in the closet under the staircase where you hide from your children. Amen. Yes, <laughs> it might be there, but it's a place. It's, it's, a, it's a time and it's a place. It's a miracle room. It's a place that you built. You build it out of, your, um, out of your routine. You build it out of your time. You build it out of your schedule. And it becomes an upper room where you connect with God. It's a miracle room. It's a place where miracles can happen. It's a place where God can hear your voice and you can hear God's voice. It's a miracle room. I, I have a miracle room. And last night, my miracle room was right down here. I, I was praying for you last night. I, I see a lot of preachers, they, they study at Starbucks. I can't study at Starbucks. When I study, I gotta pray. I gotta shout. I gotta rebuke demons. I gotta speak in tongues. I gotta, you know, I'm commanding stuff. I'm binding stuff. I'm loosening stuff. I'm crazy. That's why I'm good on Sunday, because I'm a nut. Amen, amen. <laughs> you see those eyes? I'm crazy. So I'm in here, I'm rebuking, I'm telling Corona to leave, amen. I'm telling, I'm telling my 401k, go up. I'm telling, I'm telling the devil to take his hand off land and give us a building. I'm in here, I'm in here. I gotta have a miracle room. Y'all, you gotta have a miracle room, a place that you can, that you can encounter the presence of the Lord. Um, and here's what's amazing. This woman builds a miracle room for the prophet Elisha. Now, Jesus gives us a sneak peek here in Luke 4, and he says, there were many people in Israel that needed miracles. Many Jewish people that needed miracles, that never got miracles. Yet all of these different Gentiles, like this woman, and like the widow, and like Naaman, they all received miracles. Jesus says, the, the, 
the Jewish people of the day, the Hebrew people of the day did not honor their prophets, so they never received. But all of these other uncircumcised Gentiles were able to receive, because you gotta know this. This is harsh, but I know it's harsh, but it's real. God doesn't respond to need. He responds to honor. That's hard to even hear. There was a few amens and there was a few like, mm, I don't know about that. But he doesn't. He responds to faith, not need. Jesus says a lot of people in Elisha and Elijah's day had needs and didn't receive. But all these Gentiles that came from the wrong side of the tracks and were part of the wrong family and didn't even believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they trusted the prophet of God were able to receive from God. By the way, this is really good news because it doesn't matter where you come from and it doesn't matter what you've believed until this point, doesn't matter the sins you've committed, doesn't matter where you, what your family line has been and all the mess. If you could just honor God, build a room for the miraculous, God can do a work in your life. So she builds a room. She builds a place. In this case, she builds a room for Elisha. But you gotta realize that in the Old Testament, especially in in 1 and 2 Kings, Elijah and Elisha were prophets like no other. They They were literally God's man on the planet. They were... They were the voice of God and the authority of God in the earth at that time. Now, for us, we no longer have men of God like that. We now have the word of God, amen, and we have the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God. So when when she built a room for Elisha, we build a room for the Holy Spirit. We build a room for the word. We build a room where we can encounter the God of Elijah, the God of Elisha. We can encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I, am I making sense so far? I don't have, I've only been up here for five minutes and I'm, I'm laying it on thick already, but, but y'all are good. Y'all got your sleep and you're ready for the word, okay? So, so let, me give you, let me give you some things I see from the text because I want you to build a miracle room this year. I want you to build a miracle room this year. I want you to build a place where God hears your voice and you hear his voice. Number one, she initiated the move of God for her family. She goes to her husband, verse 10, and says, let's build a room. It was her idea. It was her desire. It was her burden. It was her vision. I have a, I have a vision for God to be able to speak into our family. She initiated the move of God for her family. Now, for whatever reason, her husband was not interested. He was never interested. As you read the whole story, which is a lot longer than this, the husband was kind of clueless the whole time. And yet this woman was able to initiate a move of God for her family. That's really good news, ladies, because a lot of you are, are waiting on your husband maybe to spiritually catch up. But while you're waiting... Just because you're not the head of the house does not mean you don't have influence and authority in the house. Yeah. And, and your prayer can move the hand of God. Your faith can move the hand of God. Your faith can initiate a move of God in your house. It's not like you pray and the Lord goes, well, you know, if your husband was doing the praying, then it would be really powerful. No, no, no. God hears your voice. He hears your prayer. He sees your faith. And, and you are not handcuffed to your husband's lack of faith. You can initiate a move of the Holy Spirit in your house. 
But now hubbins, where are my husbands at? Where are my husbands at? Where are, my, where are the men of God at? Can I see your hand if you're a man? If you're a man, can I see your hand? Fellas, you, you got to lead the house. Because it should have never been her to say, let's build a house. Let's build a room. It should have been the man of the house. Do you know that researchers tell us that if the husband will get saved and follow Jesus, the family, 93% of the time will follow if it's the wife who gets saved and follows Jesus, only 17% of the time will the family follow Jesus. I'm not saying it's impossible, ladies. I'm just saying the research shows, men, that if you would just lead your home spiritually, if, 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 your, if your family could just see you walking with God, if your family could see you in the house of God, and I know you're here, so you're, you're, you're all good, okay? We're gonna all be judgmental on everyone who's watching the video tomorrow. <laughs> No, but you're here, but, but this is serious business because your family will follow. 93% of the time, your family's gonna follow your leadership. And so men, I'm so proud of you, you're here. I'm so proud of you, you're leading the way. And I want you to build a room because when you build a room for your house, you initiate a move of the Holy Spirit for your family. And ladies, when you build a room for your house, you're initiating a move of God. She goes, I'm not gonna wait for a move of God. I'm going to build a place where God can move. Number two, she built a room. She built a miracle room. I, I like that, she built a miracle room. Let's build a room. <laughs> There's something about being a builder. The life you want, you're going to have to build it. The marriage you want, you're going to have to build it. Yeah, the spiritual life you want, you're going to have to build it. The family you want, you're going to have to build it. You're going to have to decide to be the architect for your own destiny. You're going to have to build it. And I don't know if you know anything about building, but building is messy and building is hard work. My father owned a construction company for many years. My, my father-in-law still owns a construction company and they're, and they're still out there working and, you, and it's stinky and it's smelly and it's hard work and it's brick by brick and it's board by board and it's nail by nail and it's, and it's little by little, it's little by little. And a lot of us want major breakthrough, but we don't wanna build a room. Y'all, you have to be a builder. I'm a builder. If you want God to do something great in your life, you're going to have to build it. You're going to have to build a space. I build a space. God does the rest. It's kind of like Field of Dreams. If you'll build it, they will come. Well, if you'll build a miracle room, God will show up in the miracle room. But I got to build... I got, and it's brick and it's little by little by little by little, but I'm gonna build me a room. I'm gonna build a place in my life, in my schedule, in my time, in my mind, in my finances, in my life. I'm gonna build a space for God to move. I'm a builder. And we don't really wanna build anymore. We want, we want stuff really quickly. But I'm telling you, the life you really want, you'll only get by building this is why when the children of Israel leave the, the wilderness, they're entering into the promised land. God tells Joshua, you're gonna take this land on little by little. Because if you took on the whole land, it would devour you. So I'm gonna give you city by city, region by region, little by little. You don't want it too quickly because if you get it too quickly, it'll overwhelm you. She built a place. 
She made a place for God's voice to be heard. She made a place for the prophetic word to be released. She built a room. Look at your neighbor, say, I'm a builder, I'm a builder, I'm a builder. Number three, her, her faithfulness over many days led to a one day. Her faithfulness over many days led to a one day. Verse 11, one day, Elisha showed up. You just, you never know when Elisha's gonna knock on your door, y'all. You never know when God's promise is gonna come to manifestation in your life. You never know on some random day when, when, when Elisha just decides, all right, I'm gonna use what you've built. She built a room of faithfulness. She lived a life of expectation. She built a room of faithfulness and lived a life of, ex- I build a room of faithfulness. Every day I'm building my room because I never know the moment that the Holy Spirit's gonna release a word in my life. She made a place and a space and one day. This is why I come to church. Not just this church, I I come to this church because I'm the pastor, but this is why I go to church. Because you never know when just one day, one lyric of a song, one word from a verse, one scripture, one thing the preacher says, one thing that nobody said, but the Holy Spirit dropped it in your heart because you were in the right atmosphere. Just one, one little conversation out in the lobby that changes your, you never know. So I treat every day as sacred because I don't know what day is gonna be my one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I treat every day as sacred because you never know what day is gonna be the one day when the Holy Spirit releases something in your life, when the Holy Spirit decides to hit fast forward on your life and move you forward. You just never know those days. So I'm living a life of faithfulness. I'm building my my room. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I know to do every day. But then every once in a while, God releases miracles where the Holy Spirit knocks on my door, where Elisha knocks on my door, where God releases an idea, a, a, a concept, a, a word that changes everything. This is why one day's matter. This is why your every day matters because you never know when your every day is going to be your one day, when a normal day is going to become a sacred day. You never know when Elisha is going to decide to knock on your door. You never know when the Holy Spirit's going to release something into your life. I'm telling you, this is why I love God's house. This is why I love going after the Lord. This is why I love reading my Bible because you never know. You just read and read and read and then it's like, oh my gosh, 3D. Boom, there's the word became flesh. And it's like, it's life changing. You never know when you're praying. And all of a sudden the spirit of God comes upon you. You never know when you're, when you're talking to a friend and all of a sudden you realize this is no longer just a conversation. God is doing something in our life. And a, and a normal day becomes a one day because I built a room for God. Somebody say amen to this preacher. I've been talking too long. Talk back to me, come on. Maybe today's your one day. It's so why David would write, This is the day the Lord has made. I'm not giving today to the devil. I didn't just think up today. God, this is the day you made. That's your job, that you did your thing, God. Now here's my job. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God, you gave me the opportunity. Now I'm gonna capitalize on the opportunity 
and I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a positive thinker and a positive speaker because God made today. The devil didn't make today. Today is not a surprise to God. God, you know exactly where I am, so I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad, and I'm going to believe that you are doing something today that today could be my one day. Today could be the day that God moves me forward. Wow. You just never know. It finally hit four rows back. It finally hit over there. You know, we've, my, my life is a, um, my life is, is a story of lots of every days and then like a one day. And then lots of every day. And then like a one day. And then lots of every day. And then like a one day. Lots of every day. You know, my wife and I have these family friends that we just love them and we just cared about them and we care about their kids and we just cared about them. And um, almost 10 years ago now, that, that family went, why don't you own a home? And we said, I don't know. <laughs> why we don't own a home, I guess, because we're broke. I don't know. <laughs> And they went, well, we want to help you buy a home. And they gave us $10,000 to put a down payment on a home at the bottom of a market. And we bought a home that doubled. And that 10000 turned into a lot more. And that lot more was one of the things that changed. It literally changed our finances forever, like it forever. It just, just one day. Just one day a dude looks at me and goes, why don't you own a home? Why do you live in that apartment? I went, I don't know, but I think you're assigned to help me get out. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'd never seen seen a $10,000 check. I didn't know those were real. Praise God. That's the check that you got to like deposit it and then the bank holds it for a week. Come on, somebody. Make sure that thing clears. Amen. I'd never. That teller went, we're going to hold on to this for a while. I said, okay. I don't know. Keep it. I didn't know about money like that. And then we bought a house and then that market turned. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you just never know. One day, one, when someone goes, oh, we're going to, let's, I think we should partner together. I think you should be my real estate agent. I think there's people more qualified, but I like you and trust you and you just. You just never know. Like, you just never know when God's going to give you favor with someone, when God's going to open up a door. When, and so I, I live by principle. I live by building. But, man, I'm open. I'm open to a tap on my shoulder. I'm open to an Elisha moment. I'm open, I'm open to a miracle room. So, so here's, what your, here's what your miracle room does. Number four, your miracle room gets God's attention. Verse 13, hey girl, what can we do for you? I don't know if he said it like that, but that's my, that's my sermon. What can we do for you? What do you want? What do you need? This is amazing, her response, verse 13. No. We've been talking about that a lot, huh, this year. I'm good. Good, I'm good. Praise God, good, good. How are you, blessed? Good, just good, we're just good. You okay? No, yeah, good, 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 good. Hey, what do you need? How can we help you? What do you want? No, I'm good. She, she could not even talk about 
her greatest desire. Can you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today saying, what do you want? Can you hear the voice of the good shepherd saying, what do you need? Because Elisha, Old Testament says, what do you need? Jesus, New Testament, John chapter five goes up to a man who's paralyzed and says, do do you wanna get better? What can I do for you? Jesus asks a blind man in Mark 10, Bartimaeus, what, what can I do for you? God's trying to get something across that you're gonna have to verbalize. You're gonna have to speak. And and many times we can be so deep in our own disappointment that we can no longer even verbalize what we really want. Y'all, it's only March 1st. It's only March 1st. Y'all, remember all that stuff you wrote down on January 1st? You know all that stuff that's in your phone right now that you wrote down? 2020, 2020 vision, 2020 gonna be my year. What happened? Now here we are, March 1st, like, no. What do you want? No. What are you looking for? No. What are you believing God for? No. Why don't you get that back out? Start rehearsing what you're believing God for. See, I can live in the tension. Here's the tension. God is so good. God is so faithful. God has been so good to me. I have no reason to complain. I love the Lord. God's been so good to me. God's a way maker. God's a miracle worker. God's a promise keeper. I could use one of those miracles right now. I can live in that tension. And God's a big boy. God is, God is very secure. God can handle you going, Lord, I love you. God, you're so faithful. God, you're so awesome. God, I totally trust you. Uh, we could use a mountain to be moved right now for real. And you can live in that tension and that's okay. God is not offended by that. God goes, yes, invite me into it. Verbalize what you want. Verbalize what you need. Verbalize what you're believing me for. Don't just write stuff down on January 1st and forget about it. Build a miracle room where you go to me every day and go, God, here is my plea. Here is my request. I'm trusting you, God. And God goes, I love that. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, he said, there's a woman who went to a judge to plead her case. And she said, I need justice. And the judge said, no. And she went back to the judge. She said, I need justice. And the judge said, no. And she went back again and again and again. And finally, the judge said, I don't fear God and I don't like you, but I'm tired of hearing about it. And he gave her justice. And Jesus said, if that can happen in the world with evil judges, What would your heavenly father do for you if you would just go to me and say, God, I'm believing you for this. God's going, would anybody get loud enough? It's like Goldie, here's some water. I want milk. You gonna drink water? I just really want some milk. Water! I just really want some milk. Water! I just really want some milk. Milk. True story. I just really want some milk. Okay. Am I helping anybody today? Am I? She said no because the book of Proverbs says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And a lot of you have heart sickness. You have you have a broken heart. You can't even talk about what you're really believing for anymore. But the Bible goes on to say, but a desire fulfilled is the tree of life. You got to stand on, and, and when the Spirit of God, anytime, please don't catch this. Anytime the Holy Spirit is talking to you, 
you have to treat that very seriously because God doesn't waste words. I'm going to blow your mind right now. At least four of you. And 10 of you online. To God, words are as real as things. God didn't go, let there be light, I hope. In the original Hebrew language, he literally said, light be. In other words, it's already in me. And then he declares it so and it manifests. When God starts talking to you, to God, it's as real as it's already happened. So God gives us a word and we go, well, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. And God goes, that's why you won't see it. Because you praise me for stuff when you see it. But to me, it was just as real when I said it. So anytime the Holy, so, so last night I'm talking to God. I'm going after it with, with the Lord last night. I'm talking, talking, talking. And all of a sudden I feel the Holy Spirit like, so what do you want? And I was like, oh, snap. Because <laughs> now I'm not just telling him just my desire. He's like inviting me into something. So I got my hands and knees. I laid on that right where you're at, Tori. You're under the anointing right now. I laid at that chair right there. I laid at that. I, I, I knelt at that. And I told God three or four things that I'm really believing for. Because, because I know that when God talks... To him, those words are as real as things. And he goes, by this time, here, here, here's my last one, here's my last one. My miracle room becomes my prophetic room. Okay, by this time next year, you're gonna have a baby. <laughs> and the baby said, amen. I love it. Preach to me, young man. And, and here's what's so cool, because don't, don't miss this, because a lot of y'all go, okay, well, the Lord told me, I guess it's going to happen when the Lord wants it to happen. Praise the Lord, just going to happen whenever. No, no, no. And she got pregnant. I don't know how to say this, but um, cover your ears, children. Like, she acted on the word. <laughs> Come on, married people. <laughs> Only married people now. You're not married, cover your ears, but all my married people, the, the prophet says, you're going to have a, a baby, and she calls up her old man husband, who's old, according to the Bible, and she goes, the Holy Ghost is going to give us Viagra tonight, homie, let's go. I don't know how else to say. And, and she gets pregnant. They acted on the word. Because what you do in response to the word matters. Can I get, give me an amen? You don't just, well, the Lord said it, and I guess if the, no, no, no. The Lord says a lot of stuff. The Lord, the Lord has a will, but, but we have to respond to his will. And so, so he says, by this time next year, you're going to have a baby. They cooperate with the word, and she gets pregnant. That was a, that was a very PG way of, they cooperated with the word. Amen. Okay. <laughs> and. And she gets pregnant. And the moment, listen to me, the moment she gets pregnant, you, everything about her life had to change from that moment. And see, when you get a word from God, 
Your life has to come into alignment with the word. All all the ladies in here, you know this is true, that when you get pregnant, your diet changes. What you drink changes. There are certain things you cannot drink anymore. If, if, If there's any tobacco or nicotine in your life, you've got to cut it out. Your sleeping patterns are about, everything is about to change in accordance with what's happening on the inside. Can I tell you that when God gives you a promise, you're gonna have to change your lifestyle to come into alignment and agreement with what God has put on the inside of you. You're gonna have to change what you consume. You're gonna have to change what you drink. You're gonna have, and I'm not just talking about alcohol, I'm just talking about in general. You're gonna have to change your patterns. You're gonna have to change your lifestyle. Things are gonna have to change because there's something now on the inside of you. And when the Spirit of God puts a word on the inside of you, it's gonna cause some change to happen. People look at you like, man, you just acting different. I'm not different, I'm pregnant. Well, you acting better than me. I'm not better than you. I'm just pregnant with purpose. I'm pregnant with a promise. And I'm talking to men and women in this room right now that when the Spirit of God puts a word on the inside of you, it's gonna demand change because you are no longer just living for yourself. You're now living for that thing that's on the inside of you that you're about to give birth to. And I'm gonna have to change everything about my life so the promise can come to pass. She has the boy and the promise is fulfilled. And, and, then, and then so quickly, verse 18, the, the scene changes. The boy is now older. He's serving with his father and he gets sick and he dies. And theologians tell us he would have been kind of 12 to 18 years old. He was, he was old enough to work. So he was entering manhood, but he was young enough to be called a boy and He's somewhere in this age range and he passes away. And I just want you to catch this because I wish I could tell you the last thing you went through is the last thing you'll ever go through. I wish I could tell you, I can't. I can't tell you that with a clear conscience because the reality is that life has a way of showing up at times unexpectedly and this woman is now facing another issue. But here's what's so phenomenal this time. See, the first time that she has this encounter with Elisha, she's very turned off to the whole promise because I think of her own disappointments. But now with this, and I have no doubt she would have had other children by this time as well. She would have seen God's faithfulness over and over again. And this is another awesome thing about growing in God. You just see his faithfulness over and over and over again. And so now when her baby boy dies, look what she does. She does not put him on his bed. She does not lay him on her bed. She does not put him in a coffin. She brings him back to the miracle room. And this is what you do with disappointments. This is what you do with your issues. This is what you do with your insecurities. This is what you do with your sins. This is what you do with your addictions. This is what you do with that side of you that is still being transformed into the image of Jesus. You keep going back to the miracle room. With your fear, you go back to the miracle room. With your struggle, you go back to the miracle room. With your doubt, you go back because where you process your humanity matters. 
and what you do with your frailty is going to determine your destiny. So she goes back to her miracle room and she lays the boy at the birthplace of the promise. Because it was Elijah sitting on the bed that said, you're gonna have a boy. And now she goes back to the place of promise and goes, okay, God, this was, this was your idea. You gave me this baby. I, didn't, I wasn't believing for this baby. I wasn't praying for this baby. I wasn't expecting it. And, but, but now here I am, Holy Spirit, I need you to. And she lays that boy down and she shuts the door. And you have to learn how to shut the door on doubt, unbelief, and bitterness. Um, if I could say it like this, she, she didn't want her husband knowing what was going on because she knew that her husband was going to mess up the whole miracle. So she had to shut the door. See, not everyone needs to know about what you're going through. Not everyone is invited into your miracle room. Not everything that happens in the miracle room should end up on your Facebook page. Not everything that you're dealing with, Joseph, not everything that you're dreaming about, Joseph, should you tell to your brothers? Because <laughs> they might just kill you. That's in the scripture. <laughs> So she learns how to shut the door on the fear, shut the door on the unbelief, shut the door on anything that could stop what God was about to do in her life. She shuts the door. She goes back to the promise giver and says, I need you to be a promise keeper. Here is the blessing, the promise, the prophecy, the thing that you've given me, Lord. Now I'm giving it back to you. And here's what the Bible says about this in the New Testament. So Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.18, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life. Time out. My prophecy is my responsibility. Is this too deep? Are we okay? I know it's one o'clock. You're about to eat. Your pro my prophecy is my responsibility. So many times we get words from God and then we go, well, what happened, Lord? Are you going? No, it's your no, Timothy, that's your responsibility. I put a gift on you. I put a word in you. I've given you a promise. I put, now, it's, you, you gotta be responsible with it. Oh, this is a big thing because I know so many saints that are wandering in the wilderness of doubt and unbelief, wondering, but God spoke to me and God's going, but, it, but it's your responsibility to work the word. As Bishop Jakes always says, the word works when you work it. So, so we continue. And are now in the process of fulfillment. Look at your neighbor say, I'm in process. Look at your other neighbor say, I'm, I'm in process, I'm in process. Look at one more person and say, don't judge me. I'm in process. God says, Timothy, you're in process. But while you're in the process of the word being worked out in your life, it is your responsibility to continue on in the process. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons. 
You go to the spirit realm and say, God, you said. God, you said. Devil, back up because God said. The devil tempts Jesus and, the, and Jesus says, it's written. I'm going to use the prophecy that God has spoken over my life. Man does not live by bread alone, but by, I need like five people to shout me down and clap or stand or do something right now because I got a word from God and I'm in process, but I don't live by bread alone. I live by the word. And it's my responsibility to work this word for it to come to pass in my life. And I'm now using it as a weapon against the enemy. I'm using it as a weapon in the spirit to go, God, you, this was not my idea. I tell that to the Lord all the time about this church. I'm like, yo, God, this was like, you gave me this thing. I can now go back to God with the word he spoke over me. Oh, this is awesome. And she goes into battle with the word. As you wage spiritual warfare by faith with a clean conscience. Okay, this is so deep what I'm about to say, but for, for if you've been in church, you know this to be so true. For there are many who reject these virtues. How many people do we know that were so called, anointed, appointed, they got promises, they got prophecies, they got, and where are they today? Because they rejected, they, they wanted the calling, they didn't want the fight. They wanted the prophecy, they didn't want the battle that came with the prophecy. They wanted the destiny, they didn't want the responsibility that came with it. And now they're destitute of true faith. And I know so many people right there. The day I got born again, literally my whole youth ministry, the, the presence of the Lord came down on our youth ministry, 26 of us. And we all were radically touched by the power of the Holy Spirit that night. And I can tell you there's, I think, four of us that now walk with the Lord. Because, because we, we want that, but we don't want the responsibility. Wow, that's it. Yeah. And I take no credit. I don't, I don't, I don't put myself on a, on a pedestal. I'm just saying I knew that the word over my life was going to come with great responsibility. And the word over your life and the word over your marriage and the word over your business and the word over your finances and the word over your family. God goes, you're going to have to get that word and go to battle with it. And she goes to battle with it. And then she hops on a horse, goes to the mountain of God where Elisha was. And I don't have time to, to get in all this. May have the worship team come up. I gotta stop preaching. I'm gonna go all day. Um, she, she goes to, to Elisha and she goes, you're coming home with me. I need a miracle. And Elisha goes, I'll just send Gehazi. He can, she goes, no, 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 you're gonna have to come. Like God, I need you to personally do a work in my life. I need you to show up and I need you to show out and I need you to move in my life. Holy Spirit, I need you. And Elisha comes home. 
He walks up to the room. He opens the door. There's the dead boy. Elisha begins to pray. And then Elisha lays on the boy. Hand to hand, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, heart to heart. He lays on the boy. And the Bible says that the boy began to warm up. Life began to fill his body again. And he, and he woke up alive. And I can't help but think of Genesis chapter 1 that says that the Holy Spirit brooded, hovered over the waters. The Holy Spirit hovered over the darkness and the chaos and the void and the lifelessness and the Spirit of God hovered over that and brought new life. And Romans 8 says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now quickens, brings to life our mortal bodies, resurrects our life. That word hovered in Genesis 1 is like a mother hen covering over her chicks. And Elisha, a picture of Christ, a picture of the Spirit of God, a picture of the presence of God, hovers over those dead things. Because you've got to have a miracle room where resurrection can take place, where dreams can come back to to life where prayers can be prayed again, where you've got to have moments with God where you can talk to God and invite the Holy Spirit to brood, hover, cover your life. Like Acts chapter 10, that as the apostle Peter was preaching, the Spirit of God fell upon the people. That word fall, is, is, it sounds a lot stronger than it is. It literally means to fall on and embrace. And so you need a, a place where the Spirit of God can fall on you. We're about to sing this song, fall, fall, fall. Holy Spirit, fall on me. Because I need a miracle room where the Spirit of God can fall on me and hold me and embrace me and change me. And it happens in the miracle room. It happens in the miracle room. I end with this scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.20. Whatever God has promised, it gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. <laughs> In him, that is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together. When we, uh, when my wife, excuse me, had Goldie, after a 48-hour labor, we uh, finally had to decide with the doctor to do a C-section. And so um, they, they got Goldie out, and as they were working on Shannon and, and getting her back together and healed up, I went and saw the baby. And um, I'll never forget seeing her for the first time, and I was kind of here, and Shannon was about 10 feet away and behind the curtain, you know? And so I just scream over, she looks just like me. First words out of my mouth. So that was good because there were some doubts and I wanted to know, no, just there was no. And that little baby, I, I, I'll, I think I'll post a picture today, that little, that little picture of that, of that baby holding my finger and I remember touching her for the first time. She was so warm, you know, that, that feeling. Um, 
You just feel the life. You feel the, literally the image of God. You, you, you know at that moment, like never before, that life is so sacred. And, and I remember I, I touched her and I could feel her warmth. And, and I just remember thinking, Goldie, the answer is yes. Can, can we see verse 21 again? It was like, it was like, girl, it's like, yes. Like, you want to sleep in dad's bed? Yes. Like, you want milk? Yes. You want ice cream for dinner? Yes. Like, yes. Like, yes. Like, I just. And, and right now at three, she, she's saying a lot of no to us. It's time for bed. No. Eat your sandwich. No. Yesterday she went all done with her food. And there was her clean plate. We said, oh baby, that's so great. And Shannon began to walk to the pantry and Goldie went, oh no, 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 no. And Shannon went, why can't I go? No, 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 mom, no, mom, no, mom. Three. And Shannon opened that trash can and there was her lunch. A lot of no, 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 no. And you know what? She's three. There's a lot of no's. That's okay. But, but I'm believing that as she gets older and as she matures, one day when she enters into adulthood, it will be her yes and our yes together. And, and I think God looks at a lot of our no's as we're growing and maturing. And he goes, that's cute, that's cute. But, but if you ever want to grow... And if you ever want me to trust you with my stuff, you're going to have to learn how to say yes. Because I'm saying, I'm in. Like God's going, I'm in. Like Romans 8, I've adopted you. I'm in. I'm yes. I'm in. But I need, but I need my yes and your yes too. And miracle room is the yes room. It's the... It's the whatever you want to do, God, room. It's the I surrender, God, room. Your, your yes and now my yes together. It's 2020. I'm building a miracle room, y'all. That's my commitment. What do you want out of when you enter 2021? Well, I want a little less weight on this body. Amen. Orange Theory, let's go. That's my partner right there. And, uh, and I want a miracle room like never before. Not just pray, not just studying and praying to get a word, not just going through my quiet time. I'm saying, God, I need a miracle room. A place, God, where I talk to you and you talk back. A prophecy room, a yes room, a I decrease so you can increase room. I need a miracle room. Anybody else want that this year? Come on. Come on, give God some praise today in Jesus' name.